Welcome to Sports Talk with R&J. I am your host, Steve Risser, along with Justin D'Onofrio. And we have probably an unprecedented time in sports. We've got a ton of stuff going on. We've got the baseball playoffs going on. we got eight games today. We've never had eight games going on in the baseball playoffs ever because they expanded the playoffs before the se- uh, during the season. Uh, obviously, we got uh, we got a champion crowned. For the first team champion in team sports crowned was crowned on Monday night in the NHL. We got a week uh, – we got week four of the NFL coming up, uh, and and we got week three. We got uh, week four of college football. All is week week four or five of college football. Week five of college football coming up as well. But we got to start in the uh, in the NBA finals, and and and, uh, and uh, we got the Lakers and we got the Heat. The big story is obviously LeBron James facing his former team. The uh, he used to, obviously used to play for the Heat. We got a, you know I think we got the best organization in the NBA. Versus the best uh, player in the NBA, so I'm mean, uh, between the Heat and the Lakers, and I think this is going to be an interesting series. I think, obviously, I think the Lakers will win this series, but I think it's going to be an interesting series because you know Miami is one of these teams where I've heard I've talked to a lot of like I have a couple friends who are Laker fans, and they've said this Heat team kind of compares to the 2004 Pistons. I mean, they don't really have that you know dominant player. I know Jimmy Butler is a really good player, but he's not that dominant player. But they all play hard. They play really good defense. They could they could shoot they, they could shoot threes. So I mean, this Heat team has been tough. They've won they won their first two series in five games, and they beat the Celtics on Sunday night in six games. Uh, the Lakers they've won all three of their series in five games. So I'm I'm really excited for this series. I'm really excited uh, for for what, what happens in the NBA Finals this year. I'm happy we got to this point because in March I didn't know if we were even going to get to this point. Yeah, this NBA Finals should be a good one. Um... You know, this Miami team, you know, I wouldn't really call them an underdog. You know, they're 5C. I really wouldn't call them the underdog the way they play. I know the way they've kind of said, you know, everybody's been doubting them. But this has been a really good team. And I do agree with you. It does seem kind of like they they got that 0-4 comparison to the Pistons. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting how the Lakers attack this Heat's 2-3 zone because the Celtics did a horrible job against it. Um, I, they just look lost every time. And the thing is, too, when the Lakers attempt 26 or more three-pointers, they're 13 and 9 in games. And when they attempt less than that, they're 12 and 2. Um, or no, sorry, they're 12 and 2 when they attempt 26 or more threes. They're 13 and 9 when they take more than 35 threes. So if they so if the Heat can kind of force them to take some shots, um, you know, some three-point shots. You know they got it. They got a chance. You know you got to slow down. I I'm kind of I'm really interested in the match between Bam Adebayo and AD. You know because Bam Adebayo has been really good defensively. Did a great job in Giannis in the Eastern Conference semifinals. So it, it's going to be really fun to watch. Um, I would love to see the Heat knock them off. I just do not know if they have enough. And both teams that played really well in the playoffs are both 12 and three coming in as well. So yeah, this is going to be a really really good um, NBA Finals. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think you, you brought it up there with the matchups between a Bam Adebayo and uh, you know Bam Adebayo and Anthony Davis and LeBron James and uh, and Jimmy Butler. I think you know that the biggest key for the Heat is they got to be able to limit one of those one of those two guys. They got to be able to limit one of those two guys' production because if you look at the Heat, they've had some guys who really stepped up in the playoffs. I mean, Gordon Dragic has stepped up in the playoffs. Um, Bam Adebayo has stepped up in the playoffs. Tyler Hero has stepped up in the playoffs. Tyler Hero with thirty seven points in game uh, in game four of the Eastern Conference Finals. But the thing about the Lakers, though, they've had other guys step up. Rondo has been good in the playoffs. Dwight Howard was really good in the Nuggets series. So the Lakers have had other guys step up as well. But, yeah, limiting uh, Butler and limiting LeBron, that's going to be a big key for the Heat. 
Yeah, well, because, you know, the, the Lakers, yeah, um, you know, like, yeah, they, as you said, Rondo stepped up. Um, Kuzma's played well at, at times, you know, like, you know, again, like, you, we can't be, you know, we're not, you know, if you could slow one of those two guys down, the Lakers may not have another guy that steps up that night. And you could, you know, and you could kind of cruise your way to victory. But if you let those two get going, um, and kind of have to put more attention on them, then it definitely could open up for Rondo to have a big day or Kyle Kuzma or one of those guys. So if you can limit one of them and make somebody else beat you, I really, really do like the Heat's chances um, in this series. I don't like the Heat's chances. It's not because I don't respect them. I think they're the best organization in the NBA. But in the NBA, great players beat great organizations. And I remember in the last dance, Jerry Krause said, organizations win championships – organizations win championship players don't he's 100% wrong about that great players win championships in the NBA and in this series the Lakers have clearly the two best players in the series with Anthony Davis and LeBron James yes I really like this heat team with uh Jimmy Butler and and Bam and and Dragic and uh Tyler Hero but this Laker team with the two best players in the series the, the difference is is guys like AD and LeBron literally impact the game on both ends of the floor every night Guys like Jimmy Butler, he's great defensively, but at times he's inconsistent offensively. And I think that's going to show up in this series. And that's why I like the Lakers to win this series. And I like the Lakers to win another five-game series. I like the Lakers in five in this series. Yeah, I'm going to take the Lakers in six. I think the Heat will um, you know, kind of keep some of these games, you know, in the hundred, low 100s and be able to kind of steal a couple. Um, but yeah, like they, cause I would, you know, LeBron's gonna be on Jimmy Butler more than likely they're going to need, you know, they're going to need like a Tyler Hero. I feel like to step up, they're going to need Duncan Robinson to play well. Um, they're, they're going to, and I kind of, I don't know, Andre Goodall hasn't played a ton, but he's a guy that's played in three NBA finals. Cause not a lot of these guys have been in the finals before. Um, you know, actually you, uh, you could all played well in game six. I know you had 15 points, but. I think he could kind of be someone that kind of helped this younger team of the Heat. Um, but, yeah, I just don't know. I don't think the Heat have enough firepower to beat the uh, L.A. Lakers, and I think that's why the Lakers will win a six. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a five- or six-game series. I mean, Pat, you can't count a Pat Riley team out. I mean, Pat Riley's teams play really hard. As we look at the way the Heat were constructed this year with Jimmy Butler, that was a match made in heaven because he he completely fits what Pat Riley wants to do. Yeah, the game has changed. These aren't the Riley Knicks that uh, they could shoot They could shoot the ball. These aren't the Riley Knicks that play really good defense and couldn't shoot. This is, But this also is a team that defends really hard, that plays really, really hard, and a team that you know has some players too, has some really good young talent. I mean, with Bam Adebayo and – and uh, and Tyler Hero. This is a team that's that's here to stay. I mean, yes, the Heat. This is this, it's surprised that they're in the finals this year, but this is definitely a team that's here to stay. Oh yeah, they're going to be a force in the Eastern Conference for you know a couple of years now. Um, the way they drafted um, Kendrick Nunn, which I know hasn't you know been a big force in the playoffs, but he had a great regular season. Duncan Robinson's the younger play. Tyler Hero is a rookie this year. Jimmy Butler, what? It's a four-year contract, I believe, right? Four or five years. So I think it's, I think it's four or five. Yeah. So he's going to be here for another few years, you know? So yeah, they, they kind of have that young core uh, and Bam out of bio too. So yeah, they got that young core and this team's definitely going to be around and a threat in the Eastern conference final or in the Eastern conference for years to come. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and if you look at the Lakers, the time is now for the Lakers. I mean, they, they went out and made this trade to get to get to get Anthony Davis. They signed LeBron James because they wanted to win a championship. That's why that's why the Lakers gave up Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. They want to win a championship. So definitely there is much more pressure, in my opinion, on the Lakers in the series than there is on the Heat because they made this. They made these. Uh, they made the trade for AD and they signed LeBron so they could be in this position to win a championship. Yeah, but, you know, he playing with how money Lakers got all the, um, you know, got all the pressure on them. Definitely, yeah. And this is, you know, look, you know, who knows what AD's going to do if he's going to resign or not. Because th- this is it. He's a free agent, you know. Um, I know signs kind of, um, you know, point both ways. But uh, you lose here, maybe he doesn't resign. And then, you know, who knows after that. So, yeah, you really got him. You have him for one year. You made the trade to get to, to win this finals. You're there. Um, so yeah, there's a ton of pressure on the Lakers right now. And, you know, again, again, I wouldn't call them, you know, again, they got, they got the match, you know, and, and they're not playing the Bucks here. You know, you're, you're playing, you know, the heat that I, you know, everyone kind of thought it was the Bucks Raptors, you know, Bucks year to get here. Um, now you kind of got a heat team that's kind of been very scrappy, um, great defensively and. They got a you know very good chance, Lakers, to win another finals. Oh, absolutely. A very good chance to win their 16th championship. But before we before we move on, we got to talk about Eric Spolstra. And I think Eric Spolstra right now is one of the top, definitely one of the top five coaches in, in the league. And I was and I was a critic of Eric Spolstra back in the LeBron, Chris Bosch, and Dwayne Wade days. I was a critic of him. I didn't think he was that great of a coach, but he has really proved it now. Since what he's done post LeBron, he has really, really proved why he's one of the top coaches in this league. I mean, they've had three playoff appearances. They've not won less than 35 games. He's really proven to be one of the top coaches in this league. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it started from being a video coordinator, too. So it's a great story for him. I don't even he, think he played in college either. No, I think he's, he's been in the Heat organization for almost 25 years. Yeah. It's crazy. Just at, right when Pat Riley took over. Right when he left the Knicks and, and became the coach of the Heat. Wow. So, yeah, he's been there forever. Started up video coordinator for the for the Heat. And, yeah, I, I – I'd probably put him top three, um, trying to go through who be top. Yeah, but he's been great, you know. I, and I know kind of everybody, when they had LeBron Bosch, we, they expected to win every year. But since then, everyone kind of thought they were going to go rebuild mode, but they really haven't, you know. They, they've been able to kind of, you know, been in the hunt for this and now to kind of take him to the finals here. Yeah, he's been really great. And, again, they, they got kind of the better, you know, coaching matchup in this series too because Frank Vogel has not coached in the finals before. I don't think even as assistant coach, I don't believe so. Um, you know, so he, they kind of got the advantage here. Yeah. Spolster definitely one of the top top head coaches in the league. So uh, before we wrap it up, obviously I gave my prediction earlier. I'll, I'll give my prediction again. I'm going with the Lakers in five. I know, you know, I probably should get the heat more games, but I just, when you got the two best players in the series, I just it's hard for me to go against you. Uh, and then obviously, you know what the Lakers are playing for. They're playing for Kobe Bryant. It's just so fitting this year that the Lakers would win the championship on the year that, unfortunately, on, in the year that Kobe passes. But it would just be so fitting to honor Kobe for the Lakers to win a championship. And that's why I definitely got him in the series. Uh, I, 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 li- I like the way AD and LeBron are two top ten players in the game. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know uh, – Rondo stepped up. Dwight Howard stepped up. Kuzma hasn't been that bad either. So I'm I'm going with the Lakers in the series. I'm going with them in five. Justin. Yeah, I'm gonna go Lakers in six and ton of final. Um, you know, and I think the heat for them, you know, last thing for them is um 
so their scoring margin so far in the playoffs are plus seven in the first three quarters, but they're plus 68 in the fourth. They got to be a little bit better. I feel like the first 36 minutes of the game, um, they can stick around. They've been a great fourth quarter team. And I think that's why they could steal a game or two here, but I just don't think they have enough to win the title. All right. All right. So it should be a great NBA finals T tonight, nine o'clock ABC. We'll all be tuning in for that, but we got to move on to the NFL. And unfortunately we had the first team that we had our, the first NFL team hit with COVID uh, this week. And that, and that was the uh, Tennessee Titans and three players, five uh, team personnel members tested positive for the coronavirus. They've closed their facility until Saturday. They have, they have now, uh, They've now uh, postponed the, the Titan Steelers game that was supposed to be Sunday. It's been it's going to be moved to Monday or Tuesday. Really smart move by the NFL to do that. So it's going to be a very interesting week for the Titans trying to prepare for this game. I think I, I honestly would say if I'm the NFL, I would just move it to even Tuesday. Give the Titans as much time to to prepare for this game as possible. You could, as you've seen with Thursday night games, you could you could play on it. You could play on a short week. Uh, the Titans need as much time as possible to prepare for this game. It's a game between two, three, and O teams. Probably one of the best games of this week. And 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 uh, I think if I'm the NFL, I move the game to Tuesday. And I just hope everybody in the, in the Tennessee Titan organization is is doing well. That's that's the main thing right now. I mean, yes, the the game is huge, but the main thing for the Titans is that everybody in that organization is doing well, doing okay. Oh yeah, of course. You know, hopefully, you know, everybody gets well soon. Everyone's okay. Um, you know. The first one this year, week four, you got to, and you knew at one point or another it was going to happen. It, you know, you, you weren't going to be able to whole season without one of these problems. Um, it's been good for them. It's only it's week four and it's the first one. Hopefully, the last, but who knows? But yeah, I think definitely Tuesday because they're not, you know, going to open the facilities on Saturday. Um, you know, so you know, guys aren't able to practice with each other and all that this week. So. You know, definitely, definitely, I feel like Tuesday night. But um, yeah, it just you know, again, it, um, it it seems like they got it kind of soon enough, you know, quick too, where it's only it didn't it hasn't spread so far to the entire team, hopefully, or the entire staff and organization, which is good. They kind of got it quickly. Um, but definitely agree with you that they should they should play Tuesday night, and you know, so far the NFL has done a pretty good job. Um. You know, be week four, and this is the first time that we've had a problem. Um, it's it's looking, you know, promising right now for the NFL. Oh, absolutely! They've done a really good job of it. This is pretty much the first speed bump they're gonna have to they're gonna have to go over now. It's the first this is the reverse roadblock with COVID, and you knew this was, obviously you knew it was gonna happen. But you know they're gonna they're gonna have to you know they're gonna have to unfortunately deal with it. But I think the NFL's done a good job handling it. You know. They 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 they, move, they already moved the game. There's no way they should have played that game on Sunday. That would have been ridiculous if they played on Sunday. I'm happy it's Monday or Tuesday uh, between these two teams. And and we'll, and right now, just because we're talking about this game, we'll 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 make our pick for this game. It's very this is this is a very hard game to predict. Let's 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 be real. I mean, the Titans are going to have a very very weird week of preparation. It's a very very hard game to predict. But if I had to pick a winner here, I'm going to pick the Steelers. I'm going to go 24 to 10, just because of how hard and of a week it's going to be for the Titans to prepare for this game. Yeah, I had it originally 23 to 19. I'm going to probably go 20. I'll probably go to like 23 to 14, 23 to 10. Um, yeah, because, again, if they can't get back on the field Saturday, it's been six days since they've actually done some football activities, you know, other than, you know, just watching film or whatever. So, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting week to see how – and that's 2020 of, you know, you got to really change up, you know, 
everything about your schedule week in week out. Um, it, uh, we might have lost. Oh, you got you, Justin. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think um, I think you know Pitt should be able to take care of business on the road because of you now Titans with the issues right now. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's going to be a really really difficult week for the Titans. But mainly, I hope everybody in that Titans organization is do, is doing well. That that's that's the main concern right now. But we got to move on to the uh, dumpster fires of the NFL, and that's the two New York teams. And we'll start with with the one that's playing tomorrow night, and that's the New York Jets. And the Jets have just been absolutely disgraceful this season. They've in the first three games of the year, they have just been absolutely uncompetitive. I honestly, I'm starting to get the point that this team especially on the defensive side of the side of the ball because they got rid of Jamal Adams. And I think Adam Gase is a big reason why they got rid of Jamal Adams. I think they're quitting on Adam Gase. I think this, I think this team is quitting on Adam Gase. That's why Adam Gase needs to be fired. He needs, he needs to be out of there. And a lot of Jet fans are probably hoping they lose tomorrow night. So they do it. If the Jets lose tomorrow night, there's a probably a 98% chance that Adam Gase is gone. And he, and he needs to be, he's just been a complete disaster in New York. Uh, this team just has not responded to him. It, it's kind of surprising because he wasn't that bad in Miami. I mean, he had the 10 and 6 year in Miami. We got to the playoffs the first year. Uh, Tannehill was hurt a lot in Miami, and he wasn't that bad. He was 6 and 7, 10 and 7 and 9. So it wasn't a disaster in Miami, but it has just been a disaster since he's been with the Jets. I mean, they got up to a 1 and 7 start uh, last year. They did get hot in the second half, but then in the offseason, they get rid of Jamal Adams. Uh, and then the way they started this year, and, and the quarterback has just gone backwards. And it's not all because of, because of Gase. I mean, part of it is definitely because of Darnold, the reason he's gone backwards. Darnold has been playing terrible. But this team is just an, an, an absolute disaster. And and, t- and tomorrow night, looking at the game, I, you, you'll know the guy who's starting for the Broncos. You probably remember him. Uh, is it Brian, is Brian Rippin or Brett Rippin, right? Brett Rippin, yeah. Brett, Brett, Brett Rippin. And he started uh, at Boise State. When uh when when UConn went there a couple of years ago, so he played at Boise State. So even with him starting, even with all the Broncos injuries, they have to fly all the way from the West Coast. I still got I still got the Broncos. I still got the Broncos winning this game. This just shows you how bad the Jets are. I I, I got the Broncos winning. I think it's going to be a very ugly game, a very low scoring game where neither offense is really going to be able to do anything. I got the Broncos winning at seventeen thirteen because of how terrible the Jets are. And and, let, and let's be real about about Sam Darnold. He better start playing, or he could get. And I like Sam Darnold. I, and I'm even probably one of the one. I'm maybe one of the maybe, maybe the only person that still thinks he has a chance to be a franchise quarterback. But but uh, I, I got the Broncos winning seventeen thirteen over the Jets. Yeah, I got Broncos fourteen ten. And you know, talking about Darnold there for a second. I know, like you know, Dan Olaski and all those kind of analysts, they all still believe in Darnold and kind of say it's it's the coaching that's really. Um, for his development here, which again, it really seems like, you know, again, who knows? Um, but you know, yeah, it's the worst start for the Jets since 1981. I think they're like minus like 57 scoring margin. They're the only NFL team not to have a lead. He threw two pick sixes, pick sixes, pick sixes Sunday. Um, I, yeah, I, Gase is a major trouble right now. This team is just flat out awful. Um, it just seems like they've quit. I know it sounds like Le'Veon could return next week, which could help the offense a little bit. But this, yeah, this team just seems like they've quit. And the Broncos right now, they have fifty-three million dollars total of you know all their players are injured right now, and twenty million more than the next team, which I think is the Forty ers So, um, uh, and and I still think on a short week on a Thursday night, flying east, I still think they're gonna beat the Jets. I just think this team quit. Um, I think Melvin Gordon's gonna have a big. I know he showed last week in Tampa Bay, but I think he has a huge game on the ground, and I'm going with the Broncos. 
Yeah, it's just a disaster for the Jets. I mean, there's just really, really, for the Jets, if they lose this game, Adam Gase has got to go. But we'll go to another disaster, and that's the New York Giants. And before we even get into their game against the Rams, we got to talk about what, what happened on Sunday. And that was an absolute disgrace. And, and this disgrace is on ownership and on Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman needs to be fired. End of discussion. That, that was an absolutely pathetic performance on Sunday for this team. And and and, and really, really go. This this org, this organization has been bad since 2013. I mean, it started it started with Jerry Reese. Not, it started with Jerry Reese's drafts. Then it started it started with them. You know, moving on from Coughlin too long. You know, bad hire with Ben McAdoo. Uh, so that that costed Reese and, and McAdoo. Then Reese and McAdoo get fired. Then obviously Gettleman gets hired, which I didn't think was a good hire. When, when even when it happened, I wanted Lewis Riddick to be the GM. I did not want a guy who worked under Jerry Reese, who put the Giants in this mess, to be the general manager of this team. But that's exactly what the Mares did. Um, and, and then obviously last year, that was the hire Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer gets fired. But really, to recap, what Gettleman has done uh, uh, since he's been here, obviously the first the first thing he did, which was a humongous mistake, was he didn't cut cut uh, get rid of Eli Manning. Eli Manning was done in 2017. They needed to get rid of him. That that was. That end of discussion. They should have gotten rid of them there. Then, obviously, in that offseason, they signed Alec Ogletree and Nate Soldier. Those were those were terrible moves. No, they trade for Alec Ogletree, sign Nate Soldier. Terrible moves. Then, when they get to the draft, and and it's you know, I know Saquon Barkley is an outstanding player. He's a great player. But the issue with Saquon Barkley is is this year high ankle sprain. Last year high ankle sprain. This year torn torn ACL. Just can't stay on the field. And you took him number two overall. He was supposed to be your gold jacket player when you desperately needed a quarterback. And, and you didn't like any quarterbacks in that class. Yes, you didn't like my guy. Good thing you didn't like my guy. But you look at the way Josh Allen's playing. You look at the way Lamar Jackson's been playing. Uh, you should reevaluate not liking anybody, any quarterback in that class. That was that was not a, a, a good move there. We desperately needed a quarterback, not taking a quarterback there. And the Jets should, the Jets should think the same thing and not taking Josh Allen. I mean – the reason the Jets and Giants are where they are is because they didn't take Josh Allen with their top picks. That, 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 that's, that's the biggest reason. And, and then uh, um, that season ends up happening where they keep Eli. They end up going 5-11. and 11. And, and, then, and then you go into the offseason. And that's another offseason where Eli should have been gone. But, but, they, but they decided to keep Eli Manning on the team. They did sign Odell Beckham the previous offseason, but but then but but then they end up trading Odell Beckham. I didn't mind trading Odell Beckham, but don't sign him and then trade him because then you went into that offseason with 16 million in, in dead cap money. And so we really couldn't partake in free agency that year. And and then we go to the draft, and instead of improving the team around Eli Manning, we take Daniel Jones. So going to that year, we either had a uh not we had a number six pick on the bench. Or we had a guy making $23 million on the bench. Just shows you so many just bad – that was just another just bad move there. And, and then, uh, and, and then you've, you've, seen some, you've seen some of the draft picks of Gettleman. I mean, you look at, you know, Will Hernandez hasn't played up to – hasn't been as good as he should have been. Uh, you look at, uh, the, obviously, the DeAndre Baker situation. Uh, O'Shea Zimenez hasn't picked it up. Uh, B.J. Hill hasn't been that good. Uh, Lorenzo Carter's played better of late. But it's just the drafting just has not been good. The uh, decision-making hasn't been good. And that's why the Giants are the second-to-worst team in the league. I'm not blaming this on Joe Judge. I am blaming this strictly on Dave Gettleman. Yeah, it's been a rough – and, yeah, I agree. I think they – they and I know why they wanted, to, they wanted to keep Eli around to be a Giant for life and all that. I understand that. But it, 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 it has hurt the franchise 
sense. It, it, it and it's gonna hurt the franchise until probably for another few years, you know, or you know, another couple of years um, of draft picks and just trying to get young and, and get better. So, it, it, yeah, it's been a rough few years for Giant fans. And, you know, I, I agree with, you know, I, the, the old one was very – it's because I think you could have got that even if you never re, really re-signed them. I think you could have gotten pretty much the same um, guys that you got. But, yeah, they definitely held on Eli too long. Um, they missed out because it seems like Josh Allen – um, and Lamar Jackson would be one, two from that class. Um, yeah, you know, it's, you know, and it, for organization too, that's been, you know, such a, you know, has been up there. I mean, from 2005 to 2012, this was a top organization yeah. in the NFL. And it, and, and it started to slump from 13 to 15. And that's from 17 to now is now become a joke. It's a joke. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a laughing stock of an organization. It's, it, they have became almost as bad as the Knicks. That's, that's how it is right now. It's it's crazy to think that way. Yeah, you know it. It is, but yeah, it, you know that. I think you know because of the Jets, because I know the Jets are getting more heat. I know you guys are as well, but think you know you guys must be a little bit thankful you have Jets in the same uh, park as you guys right now. But yeah, it, it's bad. It, it it just they you know because yeah, this is you know been pretty much since you know their existence, they've kind of been one of the NFL's kind of top tier teams, you know, you know, they've always kind of seemed like they've been one of the better NFL teams. So it's, you know, bad for the sport too, to see the giants look this bad as they are right now. But yeah, you know, and I think Joe judge is the right coach. I've heard the rumors of maybe Gettleman retires after the season. There's no way he can be the GM after this year. And, And honestly, they probably should have just fired him last year. Because now the problem is if you now if you if when you, when you fire Gettleman now you have a GM that didn't hire Joe Judge so now the dysfunction the, the dysfunction still continues you can't get you know a new coach and a new GM coming in together they did get that with Gettleman and Shermer but both those are bad hires yeah they have and then you get a new GM maybe you know he doesn't like Daniel Jones and Joe Judge isn't Daniel Jones's guy but you know do they think that they have their guy out there at quarterback and do they move on from Daniel Jones I don't. You know, I don't know. It, it yeah, it, you know, you hire a new GM and things could get maybe a little bit worse because he's got to bring in his own guy. So it, yeah, it's um, it, it's really a tough spot for the Giants here because I, I de- Gettleman definitely needs to go as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, he he, I mean, and, and I don't want to hear the whole oh he got to a Super Bowl in Carolina. All the listeners right now, tell me this. Did Gettleman draft Luke Keekley? Did Gettleman draft Cam Newton, or did he draft Josh Norman? That answer is no. He inherited that team in Carolina. Yes, he made some decent picks. He got he got K1 short. He got Starla Tulia. He made some decent picks there. But still, he, all, he also got rid of Steve Smith, and the pick that got him fired was he pulled the franchise tag away from Josh Norman, and then once they played against the Falcons and Julio Jones that year, he went for 300 yards, and that was probably the day when the Panthers said, we got to get rid of Gettleman, and, and, and they did. So, I mean – the, the, the problem with the, the problem with the Giants right now is not the coach, not Joe Judge. I feel bad for Joe Judge. He was, I mean, this is a bad, terrible job for him to take. But I feel bad for the coaching staff. They were put in a horrible situation by by this front office, by the GM and ownership, and it, and it, and, it, and it has just been bad for for eight years for the Giants. They've just been bad for this long, and it's squarely on ownership, and it's squarely on Gettleman. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that, you know, yeah, all those points I agree with. It. Yeah, it's it's sad to see this kind of organization as bad as they are right now. 
Um, it's bad for the sport. Now, being in a huge market too, like New York, you, you need to see the Giants be able to succeed. I get, I, I do like Joe Judge. You, again, Jason Garrett's a great offensive coach, so I think you guys have the coach coaching parts in place. But when you don't have the players, it doesn't matter who the coaches are. Yeah, it doesn't, and it and it shows. Um, it's kind of it's it showing. I know no Barkley, which hurts for you guys, obviously, but um, yeah, you know, again, and then you hire, you get a new GM, and it's none of these guys are his guys, and you wonder if the coaches' jobs aren't in line because of it. Yeah, it's just it's such a tough and bad situation, and it's kind of it's just been a total mess for the Giants, and it's it's unfortunate. And I'm I, you know obviously I'm a Patriot fan, so I'm not the biggest Giant fan. In the world. Oh no, I know, I know, but. You know, I know this organization's had a lot of bright spots. Has has had a lot of bright spots. You know, in the early two thousands, um, it's yeah, it's disappointing that you know th- this franchise is where they're at right now. Absolutely, and we'll get to the game this week against the Rams. And realistically, I don't think the, this is a good game. It's gonna be a very, this is a game that the Giants don't have much of a chance of winning. The Rams, the one thing the Rams did better than I would thought thought they were gonna do this year was run the football. They've they've they made a, they made a it was a good move getting rid of Ty Gurley because now they do it by committee with Dontrell Henderson and Malcolm Brown. They've been running the ball really well this year. Their offensive line has improved. I think they're gonna. I, I don't mind how the, the Giants' defense has been playing okay, okay, but it didn't play that well last week. Big reason for that because they're on the field all the time. But I think the Rams, McVay, they, they they score at least thirty points and go up and down the field on this Giants defense. And then on the on the on the offensive side of the ball, I think the Giants really struggle. Aaron Donald has a big game. He gets pressure on Daniel Jones. I don't think the Giants get a running game going. And obviously, the Rams got Jalen Ramsey on the back end, so he could either you know eliminate Tate t- Tate or uh, Slayton. So I think this is a, a Rams win. A Rams win big. I got big. I got the Rams winning thirty-one thirteen over the Giants this week. Well, I actually. I actually have the Giants going down 27-17. But I'm kind of hearing about Joe Judge and, the, you know, a couple weeks ago when he kind of restarted practice. I feel like this Giant team had a really, really, all you know, terrible practice. Monday, you know, I feel like, I mean, um, like I think Joe Judge really hammered it in practice week. I think they had, you know, you're going to get the best Giant team you're going to get. I feel like I feel like the Giants here play really, really well. Um and I, I again, I still, you know, I think Aaron, yeah, Aaron Donald's gonna have a big day. I don't know how you guys stop, you know, be able to slow him down on the line. Um, you know, you guys didn't run any plays in the red zone last week too. Um, Daniel Jones got to cut down on those turnovers. He's, he's got to play much better. I think, and I think he does play a little bit better. I think he does, and I think the Giants lose by ten. I think they keep it close, and I think they're, I think they're competitive in the game. We got your team in a big matchup at 425 on a Sunday as the Pats travel to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. And I think this game is going to be a little bit closer than people think. And here's the reason why. Chris Jones might not play. And I think New England is going to use the formula they used like they did in the in the AFC Championship game two years ago and run the football on Kansas City. And I think they're going to have success doing it. I think they're going to have success running the football on Kansas City. The problem, though, is for the Patriots is they don't have the, the skill guys in the passing game to keep up with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Sammy Watkins. They don't have the, the guys in, in the passing game to keep up with those guys. And I think the Chiefs, even though this will be a close competitive game, I think the Chiefs have too much in the passing game to, to, for, for the Patriots to compete with. And I got the Chiefs winning over New England 31-24. Yeah, I got the Chiefs 31-21. And, you know, for the Patriots here, I thought coming in kind of with the opt-outs and all that, 
I thought our secondary was going to be, you know, the difference making our defense, and that is surely not the case. Our secondary is – and that's what really, really worries me about this game is KC just has – Was it? But it was better against the Raiders than it was against the Seahawks, though. I thought it was a little bit better. I still thought they could have been a little bit better because the Raiders had some drives, and the Raiders just shot themselves in the foot like they usually do. Yeah, I've heard rumors. Is Gilmore playing as well as last year? I mean, obviously not as well, but how is Gilmore playing? Because I've heard rumors he hasn't been great. I don't think he's been that great this year. Um, I, I think he was a little bit better Sunday, but like, you know, I was really down the way DK Metcalf had, you know, kind of beat him a couple of times. He kind of got in his head DK, and I, I'm, I haven't really been happy with, you know, again, I know, you know, I think he's been a little, put a little bit better last week, but again, I don't think he was up to Gilmore's, um, you know, skill and two, you know, Bill, Bill gave him a read. I think he's getting $17 million now. So. He missed a week of uh, practice because he wanted to pay. He wanted to upgrade, or um, or he wanted to raise. So, I I just and I, I and I really happy with the way Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead ran last week, um, and I think it really Michelle or um for him because JJ Taylor came in too and had a couple of nice runs. I like him because he he gives you that contrast because he's that speed back that could you know he's got that breakaway speed when Michelle and um. Burkhead are both kind of more physical bats, but um, I, I just and I think they're going to be, you know, be able to just try to run the ball and just keep it out of Mahomes' hands. I just do not see our defense really having much of a chance to stop them. And Newton made a couple bad throws against Oakland or Las Vegas, so um, you know he kind of came down to earth a bit. I thought, but I just think going to KC, they're going to have fans. I, I don't. I just KC just too much for them. Absolutely, absolutely. Moving on to Brady's, uh, moving on to uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, who host the uh, Chargers this week at home. And I think this game is going to be a blowout. I think that the Chargers lost a really bad game last week against the Panthers, where they turned the ball over three times. They should have won that game. The Bucks have a really good defense, and I think they're going to really, they're really going to have a have a big day against against uh, Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert's going to struggle in this game. I think he's going to be under pressure. I think they're going to. I think the big thing the Chargers, the reason they've been able to stay in games, they've been able to run the ball with with uh, Joshua Kelly and Austin Eckler. I don't think they're going to be able to do that in this game. I think the Bucks defense is going to force a couple turnovers. And I think even though Chris Godwin's not going to play, I think Tom Brady is going to continue to be really, really good for the for the Buccaneers. I think he's going to have a really good game. He had a good game last week, and he has another good game this week. And I think the Bucks have success running the ball with Leonard Fournette. And I got the Bucks winning this game. I got them winning it thirty to thirteen over the Chargers. I got the Bucks twenty four to thirteen. I think the uh, you know the Bucks have been great. Feels like the last few weeks in the first half, they really got the offense going. In the second half, they just haven't been as well, kind of gelling together. But I, I think they'll be able to do enough. The Chargers, you know, four yeah, four turnovers really cost them last week. I felt like. I didn't think Herbert played that bad again. I think this week, you know, you know, we're really going to find out a lot about him. Um, Joe uh, Bosa's got th- three straight weeks of sack. I think he could, you know, get some pressure on Brady. Um, and if he can, I think maybe the Chargers can kind of stick with them. But I think turnovers are going to hurt. Don't know how well Chargers are going to be able to move the ball. And it, and Town Brady right now, he's 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 uh, spreading the wealth right now. You know, he's getting everybody involved. And it really makes it tough to defend because anybody can beat you any given night with that roster, with the with the wide receivers. 
Oh, absolutely. To me, they arguably, once they put this together, might have the best roster maybe in all of football. I mean, definitely, in the, I think their roster, because their defense is playing better than the Saints' defense, I think their roster is definitely the best in, in, in the NFC, and it's probably better than the Baltimore Ravens. So looking at this roster, yeah, they don't have the uh, – yeah, Rodgers and Wilson are definitely better quarterbacks than Tom Brady, but I take the Bucks roster over their rosters. Yeah, well, because I'm actually – you know, I know – because I would too, because, again, they're great against the run. Their offense is just again they have so many weapons and I feel yeah and their secondary I feel is playing, playing better than they did last year and I just wonder if a lot of that was they were on the field so much and they just kind of struggled down there but yeah I, I I definitely agree with you. I think this they do have the best roster right now because um, yeah the Saints defense really right now has really let me down I haven't liked what I've seen but I so I agree with that I think Tampa right now does have the best roster from right now. Uh. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that I think that as well. So we got a big game in Dallas this week as the Cleveland Browns, who've won two in a row, uh, head down to Dallas to face the Cowboys. And the Cowboys need to win this game. This is a game that they that they need to win. I mean, the Browns are not a bad team. If the Browns can stick to that formula of running the football like they've done the last two weeks with Nick Chubb, they might not have Kareem Hunt in this game, but if they if they focus on running the football with Nick Chubb, I think the Browns. Have, have a chance to win this game. And I think in this game that that, that uh, Nick Chubb is going to get his, his yards on the ground, but I also think Ezekiel Elliott's going to get his yards on the ground. Dak Prescott's going to make plays to C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. And I think this is a really, really close competitive game. But the difference in this game for the Browns than it was the last two weeks is Baker has got to win, not just manage this game, he's got to win this game. And I think that Dak Prescott makes more plays and less, makes less mistakes than Baker Mayfield. And I got the Cowboys beating the Browns 28-24. Yeah, I got Dallas 34 – or, I mean, 30 to 24. Uh, Baker, yeah, I, you know, he's a good game manager against teams that, you know, he should beat. Now he needs to kind of elevate it, show that he can beat better teams. Miles Garrett, I thought, played well last night, four, or last week, four tackles a sack. And he – it's a homecoming game for him, too. He's from Arlington, Texas. So, you know, um, you love to go down there and knock off the Cowboys. Um you know, for, for Dallas, if they want to win, I, I don't know why they just gave the ball to Elliott 14 times last week. I think when the Cowboys are at their best, he's getting 20 to 25 carries because then you could just use play action and it just opens up everything, I feel like. But, um, and I felt like Dak, that kind of ball, the, the interception he threw with like six seconds left, he should have just thrown that away. He would have got one more play. Um, he's kind of got to put, you know, um, Cut that down. I felt like being an experienced quarterback, you got to be able to know to throw that ball away. I just think Dallas got too much offense for him. We got an interesting matchup in Chicago this week as the two and one Colts head up to Chicago to face the three and zero Bears. And this is this is and as we know with the Bears, last week they benched Mr. Trubisky in favor of Nick Foles. Nick Foles leads them back to a, to a come from behind win. Yes, you could say that was more about the Falcons collapsing than Foles winning the game, but Foles did win the game. And I think Foles works in the Chicago. I think because he's he's been with Matt Nagy, he was with him in Kansas City when he was the off when he was the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. So I think Foles works in uh with the Bears, and I think this is a really close competitive game. But both teams have both teams have really good defenses. Uh, but I think this game comes down to the quarterback that makes less mistakes. And I'm going to take I'm going to take Nick Foles. I think he makes less mistakes than Philip Rivers. I think this is close at the end where the Bear like just like the last three weeks where the Bears had to make that stop at the end of the game. And I think they do it. I think they either make they stop Philip Rivers at the end, or they force a turnover from Philip Rivers. And I got the Bears beating the Colts in a rematch of Super Bowl 41, 20 to 17. I'm going to take the Colts to go on the road, 24 to 20. I like how they've kind of gotten the ball out of Rivers' hands, and they've kind of 
led with the running game. You know, Jonathan Taylor, they, they, you know, they, um, they traded up to get Jonathan Taylor and they're, you know, they're starting to really use them, you know, and then you got uh, Hines, even Wilkinson got 18 carries. So I think, you know, they're going to be able to kind of control the game on the ground. Um, yeah. And I think they can use some play action, you know, hoping T.Y. Hilton can kind of get going for him. Moali Cox, I remember in VCU basketball, um, you know, um, which is interesting now playing with the Colts and for the bears, you know, another comeback for them, you know, after another Falcons collapse, um, Colts coming in. I just, you know, I'm always kind of weary taking a road favorite, but I think the Colts will do enough to get the win. Got the, the saints heading up to Detroit to face the lions. Lions, both teams are one and two lions come off a win last week over the Cardinals. Saints come off a loss to the Packers. And I think, I think this is a this is a close game. This is a competitive game, and I think the Saints they'll have their success running the ball with Alvin Kamara. We don't know if Michael Thomas is going to play or not, but I think Matthew Stafford, Adrian Peterson will have a decent day on the ground. I think Matthew Stafford will have a pretty good game too. I think this game is close and competitive, but I'm going with the better quarterback, coach, and roster, and I got the Saints beating the Lions twenty-seven to twenty. Yeah, I got the Saints thirty-one twenty-four. Um, I get you know. Again, Thomas plays. I think it definitely makes a big difference. Um, again, you know, it's weird not seeing Bree be able to throw it down the field anymore. You know, Kamara, Kamara, been great. But like 13 catches last week, you're gonna get the guy killed out there if he keeps catching 13 passes a game, you know a game. Um, at so, you know, they really I think need Tom, Michael Thomas back for Detroit. They finally sent their 11 game losing streak and they're 30th against a run. So I feel like the Saints will be able to get a running game going. Um, you know, if the Lions kind of get some pressure, which they've only generated, I think, like two sacks, I believe, it, two or three. They they have not had many. Um, they you know you're at home and Breeze usually likes playing a dome, and I just think the Saints have too much for them. We got an NFC matchup in Carolina as the Cardinals. Uh, travel east to face the Panthers. And I think in this game, I think Kyler Murray bounces back. I think they get the run game going with Kendron Drake. I think Kyler Murray gets the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. And I think for the Panthers, I think Bridgewater makes some plays. But the problem is, is you know, Teddy Bridgewater, he really can't come back from big deficits. And I think the the, Fal- the Cardinals will be leading this game pretty much wire to wire. And I think the Panthers will make some plays on, on offense with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be the Cardinals winning this game. And I got the Cardinals beating the Panthers 27-17. I get the Cardinals 20-24. I think the Arizona has a slow start. And if the Cardinals really want to be kind of a contender here, you know, they, they got to find a way to beat the Lions at home. And Murray cannot have three interceptions against that Detroit defense, um, especially because that secondary has been struggling all year. Um, you know, he was not great. I definitely do expect them to play better this week, but I, I think Caroline's going to keep it close for a while. I think they'll have a lead for a while. Mike Davis stepped up as a running back. Um, they were one for six in the red zone two the last week for the Panthers. They really got to fix that issue. They, they got to clean that up. Um, but I, Arizona's got too much for them. We got the Ravens heading to Landover to face the Washington football team this week. And I think this is the Ravens get right game. I think this is their bounce back week. I think, you know, they get the ground game going. They're like just just like they had trouble on the ground on uh 
on Monday night. I think they get the ground game going with uh, with Ingram, with J.K. Dobbins, with Gus Edwards, which means Lamar will have a pretty good, good pretty good day through the air, and I think he has a pretty good day on the ground too. And I think on the defensive side of the ball, I think the Ravens' defense forces a couple turnovers from Dwayne Haskins. I think they get pressure on him. They force a couple turnovers. They shut down the run game. And I got the Ravens winning this by a couple scores. I got the Ravens beating their crosstown rivals 27-13. And for the Washington football team, the confidence of Dwayne Haskins is going down. Yeah, I got Baltimore 30 to 14. And yeah, you know, Ron Rivera kind of called them out saying he's got to play better. Um, it feels like, at, you know, he's got to be more because it feels like at times he's been good. And then at times he, he just um, then he throws a turnover um, and it's a bad. Yeah. You know, and he has bad plays. He's got to kind of clean that up. And I just think, you know, coming off the loss because really. That second half, you know, um, for Baltimore, they really didn't feel like they were actually kind of had a chance to win that game much. So I feel like Baltimore is going to come out, play angry, and I think they win this thing big. We got a matchup of two 0-3 teams in Houston as the Vikings head down to Houston to face the Texans. And both these coaches are on the hot seat. Uh, obviously, Kirk Cousins has not played well as uh, at quarterback. Deshaun Watson, even though they're 0-3, I feel like he has played well. I think the roster around him is just not very good. I think O'Brien did him a major disservice getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins, and I think that that's kind of worn on the team. And in this game, I'm even. I'm not going to take the team with the better quarterback. I'm going to I'm going to take the team that is that is with the better head coach and the better roster. And I think for the game, I think Dalvin Cook has a good day on the ground, which means Kirk Cousins won't be that bad. And I think the Vikings get pressure on Deshaun Watson pretty much all day long, and they contain the run game. And I'm I'm taking an upset here. I'm taking the team that's that has the better head coach, and I'm taking the Vikings to beat the Texans twenty four to twenty. I get the Texans at home twenty seven twenty four. Texans have stunk against the run. I think they're they're last against the run. So I think Dalvin Cook's gonna have a huge day. I just trust Deshaun Watson more than Kirk Cousins a close game. And I think Kurt makes a bad. I think you know makes a mistake late, and the uh, Texans capitalize. I thought you know both teams looked better last week than they than they have previously, which is a good sign for both. Um, Justin Jefferson really stepped up, and he looks like he kind of take that number two role, and maybe it kind of gets Adam Thielen going a bit too now that you kind of got to pay some attention to Jefferson. I just think right now, I think Houston's. Um, I think uh, I, I just think Houston at home is going to be able to, to get it done. We got an AFC matchup in Cincinnati as the Jaguars head up to Cincinnati to face the Bengals. And I think this is another really good, really close game. I think the Jaguars have success on the ground with James Robinson. I think Gardner Minshew has a good day. And I think for, for the, for the Bengals, I think, uh, Joe Mixon has probably one of his best games of the season because the Jaguars have trouble against the run. And I, th- and I think Joe Burrow has a good game, getting the ball to T. Higgins and A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. And I think this will be the first win of Joe Burrow's career. He was close last week and then in a tie against the Eagles. But I think this is the first win of Joe Burrow's career. I got the Bengals beating the Jaguars 27-24. I got pretty much the same score, but I'm going back to my Jags this, this week. I think, not, I think they get them 27-23. I think both quarterbacks are going to play really well just because both defense are not great. Um, I agree with you, too, with Joe Mixon, because he always seems like a second-half type of guy, but they really need him to get going for all 16 games. Um, I, I, I think James Robinson for the Jags is going to have a really good game. And I think, you know, and if the Jags can get any sort of pressure, because ba- both teams actually offensive line haven't been great. Um, but I, I just think Jags will be able to go on the road and get the win. 
we got a, uh, a interconference game in Miami as the C- the three and Seahawks face the one and two Dolphins, and I think this is going to be close a closer game than people think. I think this is going to be a fun game. The Dolphins are the uh, Seahawks are probably going to be without Jamal Adams, the uh, and and they're going to be without Chris Carson too, so have some trouble running the ball. So I think this game's going to be back and forth uh, down the field. I think Russell Wilson has a huge day, even though the Dolphins defense is. Played pretty well last week. That was Gardner Minshew. This is Russell Wilson. So I think Wilson has a huge day. And I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has a big game. I think he's played really well the last two weeks. And I think this is continues. I think Fitzpatrick continues to keep two off the field. I think he has a really good game. He gets the ball to Mike Gusecki. He gets the ball to Devontae Parker. I think this game is up and down the field. It's tough to play in Miami because of the heat. I th- but I do think the Seahawks are going to win it. I got the Seahawks winning 34-27 in a really exciting game. Yeah, I got Seattle 31-27. Um, that, you know, I think, yeah, because, you know, Seattle defense really struggled. Patrick looked really good last week. Um, so I think Miami's going to be able to move the ball, be able to score some points against Seattle. Um, but I just, Miami's just, they, you know, and I thought Miami's, def- Miami's defense looked a lot better last week than it has the last few weeks. But I, I still think they're not going to be able to shut down Russell Wilson. Um, I, I think DK, Kyle Lockett are going to have big days. Um, but Seattle's defense has really got to get better. They're giving up almost 500 yards a game. They really got to clean that up. But Seattle should go on the road and get the win. We got an FC matchup in, in uh, uh, sorry, in Las Vegas, and this should be a, should be another really fun game between the between the Bills and the Raiders. I mean, the Bills, Josh Allen is playing great for the Bills. Uh, they, they, I mean, they obviously the, the move, is, the, the trade to get Stephon Diggs was a great trade, and I think you know in this game the Bills offense has a really good game. I think we, Allen gets the ball to Stephon Diggs and John Brown. I think they have success running the ball with Devin Singletary and, and Zach Moss if he plays. But I do think the Raiders score some points too. I think they have a, a Derek Carr is a bounce back week this week and has a big week. And I think Josh Jacobs, because the Bills defense has not been that good, especially the last two weeks. I, I think Josh Jacobs has a good week on the ground. I think uh, uh, Derek Carr gets the ball to, to Darren Waller. And I think the Raiders put up some points too. But in the end, I got the Bills winning another close one. I got them winning 31 28 over the Raiders. Yeah, I got the Bills 28 24. Now, I heard, I saw this a little bit ago. The Raiders right now are under NFL investigation right now for possible violations of league co- 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 coronavirus protocols. So I guess Darren Waller had a foundation um, at Las Vegas, I think, Sunday night. And I guess Derek Carr was there with Nathan Peterman, Jason Witten, and Hunter Rudfro. And I guess most of them were not wearing masks, and it was Ooh. kind of a public event. So I don't know if it's they're going to be able to play. I don't know. Um, I still think Buffalo is going to be able to win the game. Um, I think, you know, they're going to, you know, um, Buffalo's going to be able to score a lot of points. I think Raiders offense to keep them in it, but I got the Bills winning at 28-24. We got the Sunday night game between the 0-2-1 Eagles and the 2-1-1 49ers. And let, let's be honest, I don't care how many guys. I saw, I saw it firsthand last week. I don't care how many guys the Niners have out. I think they're winning this game, and 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 because I, the, the depth the Niners have and the coaching, the coaching and the depth is really good. I think they'll be able to run, they'll be able to have some success running the ball in the Eagles, and I think whoever plays Mullins or Garoppolo, I think they play well. Like Eagles defense, and for the Eagles, the big reason why I don't have them winning this game is Carson Wentz has been absolutely terrible. He's been absolutely pathetic. I think he struggles again against the Niners, even though the Niners will have some guys out on defense. They might get some guys back. We're not sure yet, but I think he struggles in this game, and I got the Niners. Uh, continuing to make the Eagles winless. I got the Niners beating the Eagles 23 to 13 on Sunday night football. Yeah, I got the Niners 27 to 13. Carson Wentz, his QB rating right now is a 63.9 for the season. He has been he's been terrible so far. 
and I wonder if it's kind of if he's kind of one of these guys. I don't know he's been with the Eels for a few years, but I wonder if he's one of those guys that right now has just struggled for not having, you know, the preseason games and just kind of get going with his wide receivers. I, I, I don't. I don't think that's the case because he had, he didn't play in the preseason the last couple of years too. No, he hasn't. So yeah, then um, I didn't know that, but. Then, yeah, then maybe it's not that. But, again, I don't think they should make a QB change yet. That's not why they drafted Jalen Hurts. Um, but he's got to really – he's really got to be better. And this defense, too, they've only got one takeaway through the first three games. I just don't know how you beat the – you know, you can – you know, you tie the Bengals at home. Um, but and it, then you have that false start on the game. Yeah. When you have a chance to win a game-winning field goal, that's inexcusable. And that's on coaching. That's on Doug Peterson there. Yeah, it is. It, it definitely is. And – I don't know why they still didn't go for him for it down. I figured you still got a chance, um, especially because Randy Bullock's not going to, you know, uh, Randy Bullock's not a great kicker. But anyways, I think Niners going to be able to do what they did last week against the Giants. I think they're just going to keep the ball in the possession. They had it for over 40 minutes. I think they're going to do the same thing Sunday night against the Eagles. Yeah, and, and and here's the thing with the with the with the Carson Wentz situation. He's just he it's ever since he's won, he won the Super Bowl, his record has been has been since the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Wentz's record has been under 500. I mean, and he had the MVP season before he got hurt. Maybe this is just maybe it's in his head, you know, not being there, not being there when they won the Super. I mean, he was there, but not playing when he won the Super Bowl. But it's just just yes, he had that great run in December against the NFC East. But since then. He's just honestly been, you know, an above average to average quarterback. And this year, average quarterback, and he's been now, and this year he's been a terrible quarterback. So I don't know what's going on with Carson Wentz. And is it, it, may, it may be in his head, but he's got to step up or Jalen Hurts is going to be on the field in a couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, and I think maybe it, 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 it's, hey, because I know the line's been struggling. So I just wonder if he's just afraid of getting hit. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he's afraid of getting injured if he gets hit one time or and he just, rushing to get rid of the football and he's just not making smart reads so i could definitely see it in his head because we've seen it he's got the talent um we know that he's you know he just you know so i think you know i think it's probably in his head right now yeah we'll see what ends up happening there it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with wentz in philadelphia but we got to go to our last game of a week uh, four, and that's the Monday night game between the Falcons and Packers. And I think this is a big, big win for the Packers. I think Jones has a big day in the ground. I think I don't care if Devontae Adams plays. Aaron Rodgers is having a great year. He's going to have a huge day through the air. And for the Falcons, I think they're going to struggle offensively. I think they I think they're going to have trouble protecting Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan's going to have another tough game. We don't know if Julio Jones is going to play or not. And and let's be real. Dan Quinn, there's no way Dan Quinn should have a job. And he shouldn't even have had a job in the second half of the year last year. He should have been fired in the middle of the season last year. It is inexcusable to lose the two games that they lost. I mean, they, they should easily be 2-1 and one and they're 0-3, and that's on coaching. Dan Quinn should not should not be a head coach in the league anymore. He needs to be fired. And, and it's going to show Monday night how, how bad the how, how bad how much how bad of a coach he is and how and how bad the Falcons need to get and how much the Falcons need to get rid of him. I got the Packers 38-17 over the Falcons. I get the I mean, I get the Packers thirty-five to twenty-four. Um, I think the, the Falcons are be able to score some points. Um, Packers these kind of they played a little bit better Sunday night, but I think Land be able to score some points now without without Julio Jones. You know, worried me a bit, bit more. But um, yeah, this this Packer offense right now is just you know I think they're averaging forty points a game. Alan Lazard has looked like he can kind of step up and be that number two guy kind of been the number one guy the last, you know, uh, last week pretty much without Adams. And, yeah, Dan Quinn, uh, they're the first team ever 
and back to back, yeah, they're the first team ever to give up to blow two 17 point leads in the second half. And they did it on consecutive weeks. And yeah, I don't know how Dan Quinn still has a job right now. Um, he should be gone very soon, but I Packers should be able to win this one at home. All righty. So yeah, we'll see what happens with our picks in week four. Justin is he's got a big lead on me. He's got a seven game lead on me. He's, he's wow. a third thir you're 35, 12, and one, and I'm 28, 19, and one. Yeah. You got those. You got that. You got two of those games because I because I picked the Giants twice. So yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's a big reason probably why you got such a big lead on me. So yeah, so you you get you're probably leading, you got to be leading CNG right now. I mean, you you got to be up. Uh, and and uh, Joe shows the standings. Uh, Jace is a uh, 30, 31, 31, 16 and one. Uh, Joe is twenty so twenty seven twenty and a one. And I think all I think everyone went. Uh, uh, 10, five and one last week. I went eight, seven and one last week. I'm 28, uh, 28, uh, 19 and one. So I'm, I'm right there with Joe. We're, we're, we're in the, me and Joe and I are in the basement. Uh, Jason, Sean are right up there with you. So we'll see what ends up going with the picks uh, next week, but we got to get to baseball and we got to get to the Yankees. And last night, the Yankees gave you everything they wanted. Uh, every, everything you asked for. They had a I mean, judge started off with the two run Homer. You had a uh, Voight, uh, got, got the two run double. And then you got contributions from Brett Gardner. He had a he had a big night. He had three hits and a couple of big hits too. An RBI double and then and then a two run homer. You had Glaber Torres who had a huge night, four hits. He had that pretty much the game the game clincher with that two run homer in the fifth inning. Uh, put the Yankees up seven two. And uh, even Stan joined the party last night. He even hit a home run. And then he had a good start from Garrett Cole as well. He went seven innings allowing two runs. So twelve three win last night. Yankees are in great shape. The bullpen's rested. And and I don't think you could be happier if you're a Yankee fan after what you saw last night. Oh yeah, um, wow, that was an off. I, you know, I was kind of I was kind of nervous, and I figured I knew we had Garrett Cole. And I I you know, and I was really worried this, that we could lose a game two to one. Like I was really worried about that last night, but um, you now they proved me wrong. And I love their approaches that they had last night. You know, they they were all over Shane Bieber's fastball. Um, and look, and I know, you know, Stanton, um, with the home run, I know it was garbage time, but who knows? You could kind of see that smile he had in that dog. That's what could get him going to say, say they're in a close game tonight and he's got to come up with a big hit. That hit is the, it, hit, that home run could be the thing that gets him going. Yeah. And I, th I think that's the big key is, and you kind of see the whole dugout right now. They're relaxed or they're, they're just having fun out there. Um, it, it was great to watch, and I did not expect them to bash their way to uh, 13, 12, 13 runs last night. Um, and it was great to see Garrett Cole. He pitched great, 12 strikeouts swinging. Um, you know, he had electric stuff. The only guy that really got to him was Josh Naylor, but other than that, great. And um, one thing from tonight I did hear, which does worry me about Tanaka, is the winds are supposed to be 20 to 25 miles per hour. And we know with Tanaka's um, – you know, pitches when it's windy, they kind of tend to stay up and stay in the middle of the zone. So I am a little bit, that kind of concerns me a bit, but at least if he doesn't have it, and that's the issue, at least the bullpen is well rested. Um, but look, they're, they're sitting in a great spot right now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, tonight they got Tanaka going up against Carlos Carrasco, Carlos Carrasco, uh, the, the bullpen well rested. So Tanaka doesn't have to go long. I mean, he really, all, all he's got to go is five innings. Cause you got that bullpen rested with, 
with the Chad Green, with with Adavino, with Britain, with Chapman. That bullpen is all rested and ready to go. So you don't Ch- – Ch- uh, Tanaka doesn't have to give them a lot of a, a ton of innings. Cole did, Cole did that last night. He did his job last night. Tanaka doesn't have to go has to go that uh, far. And and this lineup was just clicking last night. I mean, it just and, – and it was everyone. Everyone contributed. Even Hicks, who didn't get a hit, at least he got a walk. So everybody – pretty. I think everybody pretty much got on base last night for this lineup. So this team last night showed you the team that – I picked to win the World Series, and you picked to win the World Series. Oh, yeah, they, de- they definitely did. They, that looked like the Yankees team that we thought we were going to see for all 60 games, and we find- we got it last night, and it was great to see. And, yeah, it just seems everybody right now. Um, and I don't know, and I did I show this before. Did you want Frazier Gardner to start last night? Uh, and honestly, it, to me, it didn't matter. I, in a way, I was leaning towards Frazier because he's the be- I think he's the better player, but – the way the way the matchup was with Gardner being a lefty going up against Bieber, I, I didn't mind it. I think I think Gardner had a great night last night, so you can't question playing Gardner and Agashioka too. I mean, you, I think when Garrett Cole pitches, you got to have Agashioka behind the plate. I don't mind sitting Sanchez at this point either. Yeah, um, I was kind of with you there. I kind of wanted to see Frazier, but I knew with the righty lefty matchup, they were boom with probably Gardner, and you get, guess you know he made the pretty good move. You can't really um, question that. And yeah, with Agashioka. Um, again, you know, I, I think of it too, as you definitely need him behind the plate for Garrett Cole. Um, but I like, I just, you know, even with how bad Gary Sanchez has been, you're still more worried about him as a pitcher than Kyle Higashioka. And look, I think if Gary can just, you know, again, like if he, you vice versa with. Oh, we might've lost you. Oh, I got it. You got it. Okay. You're good, um, Justin. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm good. Um, I, I was just saying. Um, you know, Gary could kind of, if you switch plates with him with Stanton last night, Gary hits that homer, and who knows? They kind of, um, they get going. You know, Gary could kind of be that he needs that spark plug to get going. But, um, you know, again, they got to kind of make that move. You feel bad for Gary because we've seen that he he can hit. He's one of the best catchers in the game when he when he's on, but. Um, he just hasn't been all year. No, 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 and that's why, and that's why he's sitting out in the playoffs, and rightfully so. That's why he's sitting out in the playoffs. But I got a good feeling with Tanaka on the mound; he's, he's going to be in the lineup tonight. Yeah, more than likely. Um, I, I think yeah, we're probably going to see him, and you know, hopefully he can get a hit or two and get going. You know, with the rest of the team. You look at the pitching matchup tonight: Tanaka against Carrasco. I think I think tonight the Yankees are going to close it out. I think Tanaka doesn't have to go that far in the game. I think the Yankee lineup is going to continue to hit Carrasco. And I also think that uh, the bullpen is going to do a really good job. That bullpen started to find its form late in the season. I think it continues to find its form. And in my opinion, the Yankees close it out tonight. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think so. Tanaka's got the career. Um, he's got a – his postseason ERA is under two, so he's been great in the postseason. You know, the bright lights don't bother him, um, which is great. Do worry about – the wind a bit, but um, Carrasco, I, I've heard at times this year, it has left his fastball up in the zone. He's kind of missed his spot. So if that's the case, you know, I, um, Yankees could really hopefully jump on that. And I think the Yankees kind of got it because Zach please has been really good. I know it would be his first piece, piece postseason start. Postseason start. Um, but I think he should be able to close it out. Yeah, and the interesting part, if, if it does go to tomorrow, tomorrow, the Yankees haven't announced the starter yet. I mean, Joe, correct us if we're wrong. I've checked on ESPN. The Yankees haven't announced a starter yet, so uh, so that, that if if it does go to tomorrow night, it could be it could get in, it could definitely can get intense. But I, I feel like Jay Happ should be the starter if the Yankees lose tonight. But 
I, I, I think the Yankees aren't losing tonight. The way they're playing, I think they're sweeping Cleveland. Yeah, I think they should be able to. You know, I just seen what happened. You know what what happened last night. It just, I, you know, I definitely agree with you. They should be able to take care of business. And I, yeah, I think it should be. You know, Garcia's been good. Montgomery's been up and down. I think you got to go with the experience of Hap. Um, and he's and he's pitched pretty well. I know he's kind of had one or two bad starts, but you got to. Um, I would you'd have to go Hap. As Joe just put up, leaning towards Hap, but Garcia Garcia under consideration. So yeah, um, I, I I agree. I think it should be half tomorrow. Yeah, so we'll, so I think the Yankees close it up tonight. We'll see what they do. But we got to go on to another series and the other American League series. The team the, the Yankees would play if they move on, and that would be the uh, Rays or the uh, or the Blue Jays. And the Rays Snell had a great game last night. Pitched five uh, five and a third. He didn't give up any earned runs. Uh, Morgrock got that big home run in the seventh inning. The Rays were able to beat the Blue Jays three to one. Interesting move by the Blue Jays. They. Uh, they, they did not pitch Rue in game one. They're pitching him tonight in the elimination game. I don't know if I really agree with that. I think now you're facing elimination. You probably you want – in a three-game series, I think you want to get game one. That's why I think the Rays were smarter pitching their ace in that game. But, you know, the, I think the Blue Jays still have a chance with Rue and Walker pitching ga- games two and three. And, and, and last night was a competitive game, so – I, I'm nervous about the Rays as a Yankee fan, but I do think the Blue Jays could give to give could give the uh, Rays a series. Yeah, I agree. You know, I definitely think that Andre Rue should have started yesterday. Uh, it put the pressure on Tampa Bay because they've never been a favorite. They're always the underdog. Now you're the one seed. They're in a you know different position than they usually are. Um, but yeah, that, um, with Tyler Glass on the mound tonight, he since 2019. He's third lowest um, for opponents or for batting average. You know, hitters are only batting 193 against them. So he's been really, really good. Um, if he kind of, you know, um, keep the walks down, um, you know, I think the race should be able to keep, take control tonight. But um, I could definitely see Toronto being able to steal this one because Rue's been good for him. Um, and he's kind of been in the spot in the postseason before. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll go to the uh, Astros and the Twins. And right now, the Astros I think just took the lead on the Twins, uh, two to one. And and we, and we go and we go to last night yeah, last night's game where it was one one in the uh, ninth inning, bases loaded, uh, ground ball to uh, Polanco, and he, and he just misses uh, misses the throw to second base. The Altuve gets the walk, and then. Uh, 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 Brantley gets the big hit. Astros take a four-one lead, and they end up winning it. And the one thing that surprised me too is Dusty stuck with Valdez. He didn't go to Ozuna. He stuck with Valdez. And the Astros do what they do in the postseason, winning, and the Twins do what they do in the postseason, losing. And right now, the same thing has happened: is the Astros lead the Twins two to one. That's why. Yes, I don't think the Astros were the team they were last year, but I, the last couple of years. But I do think they win the series. Yeah, I think they do too. Um, and that's kind of why. Dusty's been such a great manager and he's been around for so long is he kind of has that feel. Um, Valdez will be their game two starter today, but um, obviously they burned him out yesterday and it was, it was smart. And I felt like in that you kind of see it in the dugout and the Astros kind of won nothing. They didn't kind of have that um, kind of, they, they seemed down in the dugout. They kind of seemed like, they, you know, they didn't really want to be there. They needed something, you know, fortunate to happen to them. And it did with the twins air in the ninth inning. It did, and um, and that's kind of got them going. And they played well today. And for the Twins, it's the same thing. They can't get runners to score in position because they should have never been in that spot yesterday. If they got, if they, if they knocked in the guys in scoring position, they would have never been in that spot. Jose Barrios, I 
really pitched well. I know they needed that from him today. But Correa just homered in the seventh to give yeah. the, to give the Astros the lead. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so um, I think the Twins are probably going to go down. Best home record in in the league. I thought this was their year, uh, especially with the wild card best of three. And it does not seem like it's going to happen. And they yeah. were baseball's hero too. Yeah, and yeah. Threw that shot. Yeah, I mean, this is why I wanted to play the Twins too, because you look at the Twins this year. Really, Nelson Cruz, because they had a really good lineup this year. Their line, their lineup in the sixty-game season wasn't anywhere near as good as it was uh, uh, last year, because Nelson Cruz was the only one who really that, that had that good of a year for the Twins. And because the reason they won the division was because of their their front end starting pitching with Maeda and uh, and uh, uh, Brios and their bullpen. That's the only reason they won they won the uh, AL Central. So I was I was not impressed by either of these two teams, even the Astros. I think the Astros are not the team they were. They don't hit the way they, they have the last three years. I, I think they were lucky to win the game yesterday. And, and they're just beating a team that just doesn't know how to win in the postseason. And that's why I wanted the I really wanted the Yankees to play the Twins. Even though they'll probably beat the Indians, this is why I wanted the Yankees to play the Twins too because the Twins just don't know how to win in the postseason. The Astros, yes, they're not as good. They do. And that's why I think they move on. Yeah, I agree. And I know I said I'd rather play the White Sox. And, and I thought – this was a Twins year to finally get something. 17 straight postseason losses. Figured this would be the year for him. And, yeah, um, I should have probably um, been more worried about the White Sox and Twins. Yeah, Astros have been here the last few years. The Twins have as well, but they just cannot find a way to win. They just tighten up and they lock up, and it's, you know, they can't find a way to win. And speaking of the White Sox, they got a great performance yesterday from uh, Lucas Giolito. I mean, seven innings, uh, a a one earned run, and obviously they got they got they got the uh, big hit from their MVP. Got the two run homer from Jose Abreu, won the game four to one, and I think they win this series. They got Keiko on the mound tonight. The A's are not good off. They're they're not good offensively. A lot of guys have had down years. Matt Olson, uh, Matt Chapman, they've had down years for the A's offensively. And I got the White Sox, you know, moving on to the next round. And I think this arguably is a top three team in the American league with the Rays and the Yankees. I think the White Sox can be really, really dangerous in this postseason. I'll give Trevor Key some credit. He said on, on his show that the White Sox are very similar, sim, very similar to the 2017 Yankees. I think he's right about that. I think the White Sox are a dangerous team uh, going forward. I definitely see that. And the A's, just a score update, did take a 2-0 lead. Matt Olson had a two-run single. Um, so the A's are up 2-0 going to the top of the second. Um, and, and I, yeah, I, I could, I definitely see that they're a year early. They have, they have a lot of young talent, um, kind of playing house money here, going to Oakland. Um, and right now they got the one Oh lead and Lucas Giolito was brilliant yesterday. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fun to watch. And I think it hurts the A's too in the series that Matt Chapman is out. And I think the A's, a big problem with them is I think in the postseason you need that superstar to kind of help you get them to the edge. And they just don't have that guy ever. And I think that's what always cost the ace something. They don't want to pay big time talent. It's been Billy Bean. It's what Billy Bean's been doing for years. He doesn't want to pay big time talent. He, I mean, he plays this money ball. And unfortunately, money ball just doesn't win championships. It can get you to the postseason, but it doesn't win championships. Yeah. And it, you know, and that's it's been their problem because they have not advanced, I don't think, since oh, or no, the last time they ALCS, I think, was 06. And before that, I think it was 01, I believe. So, it, it, you know, they haven't had a ton of success in the postseason. Um, well, I understand why they don't. I know they're a small market team, but you got to be able to get keep one, you know, cut one of those guys, homegrown guys, to stick around to help you. I know it's baseball, but, you know, so you may, you know, it, you do need a superstar to get you, help you get over the top. 
Absolutely. Going to the National League, we got the uh, Dodgers and the Brewers, and I think this series is going to be an easy 2-0 sweep for the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers got the pitching, and I think the Brewers are are clearly the worst team worst team in the playoffs because of the year Yelich has had. He's had a down year due to, due to the 60-game season. Yeah, um, that, I'm definitely all over the you know, Dodgers. And Devin Williams, the Brewers, that rookie um, reliever, who has like an under one ERA, is out for the series. So that, that also puts a damper in the Brewers have any chance. Um, definitely Dodgers, 2-0 sweep. Interesting series here. you got the Padres and the Cardinals. And I would take the Padres pretty easily, but the Padres have two starting pitchers out. So that's going to be interesting in this series. But in the short series, I'm still taking the superstar in Fernando Tatis Jr. and the Padres over the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals lineup is really going to miss Marcelo Zuna in this postseason. I think that was a big reason why they got by the Braves in last postseason. So I got the Padres – uh, moving on, I, I, and let me tell you, if it's Padres Dodgers in the division series, I'm really looking forward to that series. Yeah, that would that'd be a fun one to watch. And Joe puts up a good one. Padres uh, prepare for a familiar playoff foe. If you remember back in the uh, back in the early 2000s with the Padres, back in the Trevor Hoffman, Jake Peavy years, they faced the uh, Cardinals twice. Cardinals beat uh, Cardinals beat them both times in 05 and 06. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Padres, no Padres want to uh, get by because they're 0 three all time against the Cardinals in the playoffs. So. They love to get them. Um, no Clevenger and no love. Um, Dustin Lamont really, I think, hurts it. But I, I think the Padres. I feel like this is their year. I feel like they have a real, they have a shot this year to win it. I know they, you know, they have a bright future ahead of them. But um, I think the Padres are going to be able to get this thing done in three. The Cardinals um, have struggled at times to score runs, and that could be quite possible in. In the series, we got the Reds and the Braves, and they're playing right now. And the Reds got bases loaded, two outs against the against the Braves, zero zero, top of the top of the eleventh. And a great pitchers duel today between uh, tr- uh, Trevor Bauer and Max Fried. Outstanding pitchers duel, zero zero, top of the uh, top of the eleventh inning. Uh, and uh, Mike Mustak is at the plate, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. But for the series. Braves got to win this game, or I, I, I don't think they win this series because I just love the Reds pitching with uh, with Luis Castillo, Trevor Bauer, and uh, Sonny Gray. I think the Reds are going to be are, are, are really a really tough team in a short series, and I and I'm going to go with the upset here. This is real. This is really my one big upset pick. I'm going to take the Reds to go on to the next round and upset the Braves. I'm I'm with you. I I really like and uh, Mustak has just struck out bases loaded. Oh, bases loaded, man! There goes my prediction right there. Because <laughs> I guarantee the Braves will walk off in the in the in the eleventh. They got top of the order. Uh, oh, they're they're walking off in the eleventh now. They're gonna walk off. <laughs> so right right when I make right when I make the prediction, the Reds are gonna win the series. They're gonna walk off in the eleventh in the eleventh. Guaranteed. That would seem to be my luck too, because I'm yeah, yeah. with you too with the Reds. I think I think top to bottom, one, two, three, the Reds have like the best three guys that you could start here in the postseason. Um, and I know in the Braves just got to find a way to get that bullpen because their bullpen has been really, really good this year. I just don't know if they're going to be able to find a way. The one thing that worries me is the Reds have struggled to score runs. 60% of the runs have come from the home run ball. Um, and, and clearly you're kind of seeing it today. They haven't been able to hit the home run ball, but I still think the Reds will do enough to get by, um, get to get by the Braves. And I think yeah, they could pull it off. Last series, Cubs and Marlins playing right now. Kind of what we expected, 0-0 in the, uh, in, in the fifth inning. Both teams have really good pitching. I think the biggest reason the Marlins got here was because of their pitching. I mean, I saw Alcantara pitch the other night against the Yankees. He's a really good pitcher. Lopez is a good pitcher, too. What a great story for the Marlins to get to the, to get to the playoffs. John Mattingly should be the NL manager of the year. He's done an outstanding job. 
with the Marlins. They had to deal with the COVID issues, you know, to start the season. We didn't even know if the Marlins were even going to have a season. They, and now they're in the playoffs. So an outstanding job by Don Mattingly this year. And for the Cubs, you would think the reason the Cubs would make the playoffs is because of their offense, and it's not. Rizzo and Brian have all, and uh, and Baez have all had down years. The biggest reason they're in the playoffs is because they're one they're, they're top two starting pitchers, uh, Kyle Hendricks and you Darvish, and they're in a 0-0 game right now. And I just got to go with the team with more experience in this series, and I'm going to go with the Cubs to beat the Marlins in this series. Yeah, um, what a job by Miami and Derek Jeter to get to this point. To, and, um, yeah, again, and, and the future's going to break. They got a lot of young talent on that team, man. So, um, it's kind of just beginning here for the Marlins. Um, Chris Bryant has really struggled. His first 32 games, he had two home runs and five RBIs. His last two games in the regular season, two home runs and six RBIs. So that could be a nice sign for the um, Cubs fans. You Darvish having a big year. He's kind of not um, – he's kind of um, attacked his own this year. He hasn't done that the last few years. He's a Cy Young candidate. Um, I just think the Cubs have – yeah, we might have. Miami's never lost series. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's a crazy stat because in '97, because in '97 they uh they went they they made the playoffs and won the World Series, and in 2003 they made the playoffs and won the World Series. And I said I tweeted something the other night that the last time they were celebrating on the Yankees diamond was when they won the World Series in 2003, and that was the last time they made the postseason. So yeah, you never know with the Marlins, especially in 2020. You expect the unexpected. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I would love, I you know, I wouldn't mind seeing the Marlins win another one. Uh, be great for Jeter, but yeah, who knows? Who knows in the postseason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we'll see what happens there. Should be a great day of baseball. Eight games, eight first unprecedented eight baseball games. All all the playoff games are today, so that it should it should be an outstanding day of baseball. But we gotta we gotta go on. We gotta move on to some college football, and we and we got some we got some good we have some really good matchups this week. A couple top ten matchups. We'll start with the matchup in Texas between a TCU and uh, Texas and Texas really struggled last week. They got down uh, to Texas tech. They were down two scores late in the game. I was texting Justin saying Tom Herman might get fired if, if, if uh, Texas loses this game. And then Sam Ellinger brought them back and they came back and won. And I think this week Texas wins this game by a couple scores. I, th- I, I think the Sam Ellinger has a big week. Yeah. TCU might score some points because no one plays defense in the big 12, but I got Texas winning this game and I got Texas winning it by a couple scores. I get Texas. 38-27, but don't say nobody does. Gary Patterson is – I know, I know, I know, I get it. Um, I know. But uh, Gary Patterson's defense did not look great. They gave up 212 rush yards against Iowa State, who, again, is going to be one of the top teams. I know we'll talk about them in a minute. Um, But um, I I think Texas is going to struggle early. Tom, you know, and I don't know if you were watching – the. I don't know if you watched the Fox kickoff show – Urban Meyer was saying he loves this hire of Chris Jash because Chris Jash was Urban Meyer's D coordinator at Ohio State. And, you know, again, I think Chris Ash really, is he a Texas Chris Ash? Yeah, he's now the Texas defensive coordinator. So, um, Urban said this is, you know, great hire for Tom Herman. I think it will be. Again, I, I think they had, a lot, they had a lot of new pieces on the defense. They didn't have a ton of practice, obviously, with everything going on. So, I would, you know, again, I hope that they kind of get better. And I think this defense will get better. Um, you know, and I think the other thing for Texas too last week was they had 10 penalties, too many Then that Texas tech team. Um, again, really showing to Houston Baptist and you gave up 56 to them. It is really concerning. I think TCU keeps it close early, but Texas should be able to win this game. 
Got an ACC matchup as the Tar Heels head up to Chestnut Hill to face the uh, Eagles of Boston College. And yeah, BC's two and zero, but I think I don't think they really played anyone. And I and I think even though UNC struggled in the first half against Syracuse, I think the game will be close for a half. But I think UNC pulls away in the second half and wins by a couple scores. Yeah, I think um, UNC. I think they keep it closer than people think. I think it's thirty to twenty one. I got Tar Heels. This Boston College team, I saw them play Duke. Um, their first game of the year, they absolutely did anything they wanted to do to the Duke Blue Devils. And I was like, okay, maybe Jeff Halfley's the guy here that can, you know, the last few years of the Big East where they were 8-9 win team. And then you struggled against a Texas State team. Um, kind of disappointing to me. Um, Bill Drugovich, the Nordane transfer at QB for BC. Um, for North Carolina, I expect Sam Howell to play a lot better. They um, turned it over a couple times against Syracuse. Their defense played well. They held them under 200 yards, and they kept Syracuse. They got Syracuse off the field on third down. Syracuse was four for 19 that game. Um, I think North Carolina should be North Carolina should win this game. We got an American Conference matchup down in Dallas as uh, number 25 Memphis faces uh, SMU, and this is a matchup of two really good quarterbacks: Brady White for Memphis and Shane Bouchelle for uh, SMU. And I think this game is back and down the field, high scoring, fun to watch. But I'm going with Memphis to win a close one over SMU. I had SMU pulling it off the upset, 41-38. I don't know if you remember last year's game, college game day was at Memphis, and there was that wild 54-48 to win. I could definitely see them putting up over 100. Who, who won? Um, Memphis knocked them off last okay. year. Okay, yeah. Um, that was a top – I think both teams are top – they were a top 25 matchup. Um, I, you know, Memphis kind of been off now for a month um, since Arkansas State. And I think, you know, um, Sean Dykes, a guy to watch out for. He's their top receiver. 10 catches for 137 yards their first game. Um, their defense, if their defense can force some turnovers, get some stops, they have a really, really good shot to win this game. SMU, Shane Bootcamp, um, they're averaging 50 points a game. And if their defense can make some stops, they can win this game as well. This is going to be a shootout. Not a lot of punting. And – Dressing you, the last thing too. TJ um, McDaniel and Yusei Bentley, they're both um, kind of share the backfield. They're both small speed backs, um, tough to bring down. So I think SMU is going to be able to pull up the upset just because they played more games and they kind of got a rhythm of going right now. We go, we go to the big games of the week, and we'll start with Texas A&M heading, up, heading to Alabama to face Alabama, number 13 A&M, number two Alabama. But I think this game isn't going to be that close. Texas A&M really didn't impress me against Vanderbilt. They only scored 17 points. Kellen Mond didn't play that well. I don't think the, I think this game is going to be a blowout. I think Alabama wins this game big. I think the run game going with Najee Harris. I think Mac Jones is a big game getting the ball to Jalen Waddle and uh, and Devontae Smith. I think this game's I think this game's a blowout. I I, I got uh, Alabama winning this one by a couple scores, maybe two or three scores over Texas A&M. Yeah, Texas A&M. I don't. Um, I thought this would be a dark horse for the college football playoff. Um, I've been high on um, Kellen Mond, but I, I'm at the point where I'm starting to really give up on Kellen Mond. He did not play well Saturday against a Vandy team that's kind of very inexperienced and not very good. They, them and Arkansas can go winless in this conference, and you only beat them by five at home. Really does worry me. Um, and I, I and again, you watch Alabama, they didn't miss a beat out there. And 16 of the 19 points they gave up was all in guard. It was all in the fourth quarter when all the backups were. So, and Nick Saban still was not happy with their defensive performance. So, 
this could be a really long day for Texas A&M. I think they play a little bit better, and I think Alabama wins this 34 to 17. The biggest game of the week, and this is Auburn heading to Georgia. Number seven, Auburn. Number four, Georgia. I think this is going to be a really close game. I really like what I saw out of Bo Nix last week. I thought he, I think he's improved this year, running the football, throwing the ball. I really like what I saw out of him. And 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 with Georgia, the problem is, is that was a close game with Arkansas for a half last week. Yes, they pulled away in the second half. They haven't announced who their starting quarterback's going to be, but it, because they're at home in a really, really, really close competitive game and game and Bo Nix really hasn't won a huge game. Yes, he did beat Alabama last year, but that was with uh, Tua out. Bo Nix hasn't won a huge game in his career. I'm going to go Georgia really, really close over Auburn. Yeah, I'm going to go 24 to 20. Bo Nix really struggled last year. They were down 21 nothing in the fourth quarter in Georgia. They scored two touchdowns late. Um, believe he threw the ball 50 times too, which is not Auburn's formula to win. They really like to get their backs involved and be able to kind of be very balanced. Sean Shires and DJ Williams um, could not to not really get going. They only had 49 rushing yards last year against them. Um, they got to be able to get going um, against that Georgia defense. You know, because everything I hear about Bo Nix is he, he'll answer all the right questions in the QB room. He knows all the answers. The thing is, when plays break down, he panics and he just is not smart with the football at that point. Um, and he makes mistakes. That's the one thing they got to cut down. Georgia can get to the quarterback, which does worry me. Um, JT Daniels was cleared this week. Stetson Bennett, who, you know, before Jamie Newman um, opted out, was the fourth string, a former walk-on, comes in. They played much better in the second half. They brought in Todd Munkin then as a new OC. He was at Oklahoma State. So kind of bringing a different offense to this team. But I, I think Georgia's going to be able to pull this one out at home 24-20. Last game we'll talk about, it's a Big 12 matchup. Oklahoma trying to bounce back from their loss to Kansas State last week. They face Iowa State. Matchup of two good quarterbacks, Spencer Rattler and Brock Prudy. This is, I think this is going to be a close, high-scoring game, but I'm taking the Sooners over the Cyclones. Yeah, I got the Sooners this one, 30-34. to 34. Defense, obviously, still an issue. They blew a 21-point um, lead in the, fourth, in the you know, third or fourth quarter last week. Um, disappointing. I like Spencer Rattler. You know, his second start and really his first one against an actual team. Um, the three picks were not great. Um, again, I, I think he still saw more. And for the last three quarterbacks OU's had, again, we're going to kind of see some struggle out of him at, at first. But I think he's going to be a really good quarterback, you know, once he gets going here, gets some more um, playing time. Um, but Brad Purdy, it definitely, I think, kind of – not too many people talk about Brock Purdy. Um, he was better this week or last week against TCU than he was week one against Lafayette. They really struggled. Um, this team's got nine nine guys back on defense. They're they were all their defense quarter categories last year. They were um, they're um, they're all under fifty besides third down. They're 89th and um, again off the field on third down last year. They got to clean that up. And the tight ends, too. They got three tight ends who they like to go to. I think that could kind of be a mismatch here um, as they can kind of get in the ball against OU. Um, but OU has not lost back-to-back -back games, regular season games since 1999. I think I would say it's always a tough place to go to for ranked teams, but I think Oklahoma should be able to pull this one out. 
Yeah, it should be interesting to see what happens between those two teams. But we're going to wrap up the show talking a little bit of hockey. And they are the first team sport to finish uh, since COVID-19 came down. And we congratulate the Tampa Bay Lightning on winning the Stanley Cup. They won a, a 2 nothing over the Stars in Game 6. And for the Lightning, they've been knocking on the door so many years. Conference final in 2011. Uh the uh, the Stanley Cup Finals in 2015, Conference Final in 2000, uh, 2016, uh, Conference Final in 2018, and they finally won the Cup. Yeah, you know, great, great for them. Got first one since 04. Um, you know, again, I think, you know, obviously they won it, so they've been the best team. But I think just watching all the hockey, I think they were the best team in the bubble since they got there. I really like the way they came out and played. They really won it this year. They didn't care if it was going to be in a bubble or be in Tampa. They wanted the cup, um, and, and, you know, it's great for them. Steven Samkos, their captain. Um, Finally wins a cup. Yeah, yeah. Though in the one shift he played, he got a goal, and then he got hurt again, unfortunately for him. But, yeah, great story. Victor Hedman was the MVP. Um, he had 10 goals and 14 assists. Brady Point had 14 goals. Um, again, and they kind of still got some youth, and Victor Hedman right now, I think, you know, the best defender in the game, um, you know, good for, you know, good for the lightning, get their second cup. And because we're Ranger fans, we got to talk about this. Hendrick Lundqvist, the Rangers are buying out uh, Hendrick Lundqvist's contract. He's going to be done as a Ranger and he had a great career. Probably one of the best Rangers I've ever seen. Uh, he's definitely a hall of famer. Uh, he was the big reason why the team had so much success from 2011 to 2017. I mean, he was the big reason they made that cup run in 2014. He was the big reason why they got to the conference finals in 2012 and 2015. So Hendrick Lundqvist had a great career with the Rangers. I mean, it's sad to see it come to an end, but he is definitely a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah, no doubt. First team, um, first doubt Hall of Famer for him. It, it, it really, it, this one really hurts because this is kind of the one Ranger I kind of grew up watching. Um, and they just traded Mark Stahl two away um, to Detroit this past weekend. It is going to be really weird not to see Hendrick Lundqvist in a Ranger uniform anymore. And it's kind of ironic. The day they buy his contract is September 30th, and that was his number. I don't know. I kind of saw that, and, you know, kind of ironic. But um, you can't, you know, kind of hoping that he would still be on the team. I was kind of hoping for a miracle, but it is what it is. And, yeah, you know, Blanco is such a big part of those playoff runs. And I feel like doing that cup, that you know, especially in the Stanley Cup, the one game he won, um, he kept them pretty much in all five of those Stanley Cup games. Um, with his effort against that Kings team, but yeah, a guy I'm gonna really, really miss. I, you know, I love loved watching Lundqvist for so many years. Yeah, he was a great goalie. But that's gonna wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R and J for Justin D'Onofrio. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking about the baseball playoffs and Week Five of the NFL season. Have a